Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. It's Dr. Monica Tarantino here, and welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here. So I am a small animal veterinarian in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, and my main interest is in the geriatric dogs. And so hence are the podcasts that we have here. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying it so far. So today I'm going to actually build up a little bit on last week's episode regarding will blood work pick up on cancer in dogs. And the answer that we came to last week was basically, no, it doesn't really pick up on cancer. And I gave you guys an example of Frodo, my sole dog, and how he actually had a mass on his spleen called hemangiosarcoma at about the same time that we had done some routine blood work on him and the blood work looked beautiful. So blood work did not pick up on that cancer. More often than not, you're not going to be able to pick up on cancer in blood work um, itself. It can indicate cancer in certain situations. So I could have abnormalities in blood work that could kind of go along with cancer and may may make me suspicious of cancer, but it's not going to tell me yay or nay, this dog has cancer. And so that can be a really big surprise for a lot of pet parents and just something that I want to clarify. Blood work, however, does have a lot of really great value in it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here today and things that I've picked up on in dogs through the blood work. And we'll also cover just a little bit about what the blood work actually look, looks at as well today. So I've got some good stories for you guys um, about things that I see in the clinics with regards to blood work, and I can't wait to share them with you. Before we dive into that today, I did want to tell you guys a few things. So one is hopefully you guys are not experiencing cabin fever like I am here. So (laughs) the past couple of weeks have been just really rainy. It's kind of classic February. February is my least favorite month. I don't know about you guys, but it's freezing cold. It's rainy or dark all the time. feels like the sun's rarely out. And so even here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we have pretty mild winters, it can get pretty just depressing. And so I think that when it gets like that in the house, even the dogs are feeling it and they're getting a little bit stir crazy. So I have a blog coming out talking about five different things that we do when we kind of get to that stir crazy spot in February, just to kind of change it up a little bit. And you guys should head to the website and take a look at it. So it'll be on seniordogrevolution.com. So go check the blog out. The other things I wanted to mention is that we have a webinar coming up for senior dog pet parents that goes over five ways to increase the comfort of your senior dog at home. A lot of us are worried about our dogs being comfortable if they're pain-free. And as we've discussed many times in this podcast before, dogs are excellent at hiding their pain and they really have no way to tell us about pain, especially if it's chronic pain, which is something they can just live with day in and day out. And in fact, I would venture to say that majority of pet parents actually miss chronic pain in their pets. And so we're going to cover that a bit in the webinar. It's going to be a very small group, our first go around, because we want to get feedback from you guys um, on how we can improve it, your experience with it, how you guys liked it. And then we're going to start having the webinar a couple more times. So if you don't get into this first round with us, don't be, don't be sad. We'll have more coming up in the future. But again, this first round with the webinar is going to be just a small group of pet parents that we're going to have in there to make Make it a little bit more intimate so we can get to know you guys well too. So that's going to be coming up. We will be announcing the date for that 
in the next couple of weeks. So just if you're on our email list, which you just have to go to seniordogrevolution.com and um, hit subscribe, and it'll take you where to sign up for our email list. If you're on our email list, we'll be sending an email out when that opens up. So you guys can know about it and let us know if you want to be a part of it. So super excited about that. And teaming up with Dr. Lippman is so fantastic. If you guys don't know about her, she is a veterinarian from the New York city area, but she has a really unique and interesting past. She really helped fight for certain vaccine laws in California when she was in veterinary school out there. She also has done a lot of at-home veterinary services and has her own business that she runs up in the New York City area uh, for pet parents that can't really get out to the vet clinic. So she does a lot of really cool things. And she's also medical director of a charity up there. She does so many cool things. So I'm excited to kind of introduce you guys more to her coming up here in a little bit. So anyways, those are some things that we have going on, but without further delay, let's launch into our episode today. So we are going to try to keep it this as simple and straightforward as possible. But what we're going to talk about today is exactly what does routine blood work tell us about our dogs and why do veterinarians recommend it so much for our pets? And in general, just to kind of set the stage for this, we recommend annual blood work on every pet, no matter their age, once a year. And the reason for that, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is that it's great to establish a baseline with our initial blood work on them. The second is that we have surprises more commonly than you would expect. We have surprises. I'll never forget the time that I had a beautiful four month old Bichon come in who had, you know, a plus physical exams, heart sounded good. Tummy felt normal. The dog was a beautiful, beautiful little girl. And then I did blood work on her before her spay and she had kidney values that were through the roof. And what ended up happening was she actually had a congenital kidney issue that we did not know about. Um, so she was born with bad kidneys. She looked great in the outside and that blood work enabled us to pick up on that get her an ultrasound so we can kind of figure out exactly what was going on and do a couple more tests. And we figured out that she was born with just these kidneys that weren't formed correctly. Um, that stopped us from doing the spay on her because that really changed the prognosis for her lifespan. And that is a really upsetting thing to find on blood work early on, but it allowed us to plan for how to medically treat her a lot better than we would have otherwise. So it was very important for that dog um, that we knew that and for that, that pet parent family. So that's one example. So getting a baseline is a really good idea. Also just checking in and making sure there's nothing that we can't tell on the outside that could be happening on the inside, like with that pet. Um, the reason why we like to do it annually, continue, continuing to do it is to make sure we're not seeing some trends that are starting to happen. So it's just a really great, simple, easy, non-invasive way to check in on our pet's internal health. And like we said in our last podcast episode, it cannot pick up on cancer. And I have a caveat to that. I'll tell you guys at the very end of the episode, it cannot pick up on cancer per se, but it is still an excellent look at just how some of the internal organ systems are doing. So let's talk about the three portions of routine blood work that most vets perform when they're recommending that annual wellness blood work. So the first portion is called the CBC, and this stands for complete blood cell count. 
And basically what this portion of the blood test looks at is it looks at the different cells that exist in our blood. So this includes red blood cells, white blood cells and the different types and platelets, which are a component of our blood that is important for clotting. So if you get a cut on your hand, your platelets are what go there to help stop the bleeding. And so all of those components are very important. If you hear people talk about things like an anemia, which is a low red blood cell count, this is a portion of our blood profiles that can help us determine that. And that's really important for us to know about because things like anemia, um, even things like low platelets can be potentially life-threatening for our dogs. And sometimes they look normal on the outside when they've got an anemia or they've got low platelets. So it's really important to check that portion of our blood. In addition, the white blood cells can be really important and give us hints as to disease elsewhere in our body too. So there are some changes in our white blood cells that can sometimes indicate inflammation in the body, infection in the body, or even parasites at times. So that is the first component of our wellness blood profiles. And again, that is called the CBC. The next portion of our wellness blood profiles is what we're going to call the chemistry. And the chemistry looks at the chemicals and the organ screening of the body. So commonly in here, you are going to see kidney values. You're going to see liver values. You're going to see things that may indicate pancreatitis, even though that's really difficult to diagnose just on blood work alone. Okay. You are going to see, um, electrolytes such as the levels of important molecules like sodium, potassium, and chloride. And that is included in this next portion of your blood. So oftentimes when we're talking about picking up kidney disease in our dogs, it's this portion of our wellness profiles that actually helps us pick up on that. When we discuss that we're finding some liver value elevations in our profiles, this is a portion where we actually see that. However, you have to know that with medicine as with anything in life, not everything is going to work the way it's supposed to. So you can have dogs with pretty significant liver disease that don't have any elevations in their liver values. So sometimes your doctors and your veterinarians will be recommending additional testing if they're suspicious of things like liver disease. Okay. So that is actually what we use our blood work for. And the very last portion, the third portion is the thyroid level which is the T4, which is a hormone that is produced by our, by our thyroid that can give us an indication if our thyroid is functioning normally or not. And that's not always included in wellness profiles, but it often is. And it's a really great way to check in on our dog's metabolism. So that is the three portions of blood that I just kind of flew through for you guys, because what's important for us is for, for you guys as pet parents is not to know every single detail and nitty gritty part of part of the blood work. You will you probably have to go through veterinary school to do that, and it takes years and years to kind of be able to interpret all of it. But it's important just to have a basic idea of what these these things can do for your dogs, so that you can make the right decisions for them and kind of help guide them. And if you have just a little just just an idea of what's going on, you're going to feel a lot more confident in the decisions that you make for your pets. And that's really what I want to give you guys is just some insight and the ability to make, to feel like you're making good decisions for your pets. So 
Those are the three components. Now let's talk a little bit more about some examples of things that I've found as a veterinarian on blood work that make me recommend, you know, blood work every single year for these dogs. And for our geriatrics and our seniors, I'm often doing it every six months. And I do that, I actually practice that with my own dogs that are seniors at home. Um, because as we discussed previously on this podcast, senior dogs and dogs in general, they age at a much faster rate than we do. So what is one year for you or I as a human being is the equivalent to multiple years for your dog of life that has gone by for them. So if you really think about it in that perspective, getting blood work done once a year really isn't that frequent for your dog. As a person, I go and I get my wellness exams done once a year. I get my wellness blood work done once a year. And if we're doing that with our dogs, it's far less than what we do for ourselves and they age much faster than we do. So if you think about it like that, I think that it can help kind of put it into perspective. And it's why for our geriatrics and our senior dogs, we have them come in twice a year for their annual visits, for their wellness visits. And then we also will often be recommending blood work definitely once a year, but oftentimes for some of my other seniors that have diseases or health problems, or that I just need to keep a close watch on, we're doing that blood work twice a year on them. So that is why we do that. Now let's talk about the things that I've actually picked up on blood work, just routine blood work on pets that have seemed healthy when they come in for their wellness, um, as a veterinarian. So let's start with, uh, talking about one of my favorite little beagles named Wendy. So about two years ago, Wendy was seven and she came in for her healthy wellness visit, um, looked really good on physical exam. She did have some dental tartar, um, some dental disease that I wanted to address. Otherwise looked fantastic was bouncing around at home, living the good life with her wonderful pet parents. And we did our wellness blood work on her and we picked up on some early kidney disease that was really important for us. Why is that? Because with kidney disease, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, the earlier you pick up on it, and you don't always have that option, but the earlier you pick up on it, the sooner you can start intervention on helping slow the progression of that kidney disease. So uh, by us just being diligent and just doing this routine blood work on her, instead of skipping a year or two, we were able to see that she started to have some trends with her kidney values that were increasing. And now she is on treatment and on a diet that is going to slow the progression of that kidney disease for Wendy. And that is huge because I studies have shown that you can get more time with these dogs if you get them on the right treatment plan. So she's on the appropriate diet that I recommended. She's doing fantastic. Her kidney values are climbing just really slowly um, over time, but it's a really slow climb and we know what we need to be looking out for. And we know the frequency in which we need to be checking your blood work. So we actually check her blood work every six months just to make sure there's no real jumps because there's other parts of our treatment plan that we would be adding in. So that was really important for Wendy. And I really do believe that it's causing her to have a great quality of life and hopefully be around with us for longer. Um, we also were able to address her teeth that year. Um, and we did a special system for her, but we were able to address her teeth that year, get those teeth cleaned up because we also know that that bacteria in their mouth, um, 
and that tartar and that heavy plaque that can impact the health of their organs on the inside with a dog like her, um, with really early kidney disease, we definitely wanted to get those teeth cleaned up. So we did that. She did fantastic. So that's something that we picked up on routine blood work in a dog that looked otherwise really normal on the outside. We never would have known about that. Um, had we not been doing that blood work on her annually. Another example of diseases that I've picked up on dogs. I had a dog, um, just this past year, it was a four-year-old Newfoundland that came in for a wellness exam, looked really good on physical exam. The owners mentioned that he maybe seemed a little bit more tired recently, but they figured it was just because they had, he had a new little brother who had been playing with him more. And that's what they thought was causing him to be a little more tired. They thought that he was a little bit jealous of the little brother and kind of like just harumphing in the corner and not wanting to play as much. So we took a look at him. He looked great in physical exam and we did his wellness blood work. And lo and behold, on his blood work, I found that he had low platelets. Initially, I wasn't really sure because you can have artifact on blood work or basically mistakes with the machines. And so the first thing that I wanted to do when I saw those low platelet numbers was just to recheck it and say, okay, is this real or not? And so we had him come back in rechecked his platelet levels. And sure enough, his platelets were even lower the second time that I checked them. What he actually ended up having after a lot further diagnostics on him was he ended up having the initial start of a immune mediated thrombocytopenia, which is just an immune mediated disease where his body was attacking his own platelets, which are what we discussed earlier are the clotting factor in our body. Those are so important to our dog's health. And when your body, their bodies start actually attacking their own platelets, um, they are prone to internal bleeding and hemorrhaging. It's really serious. So the fact that we were able to pick that up early was really important because we were able to start him on medication to help get him through that. He's doing great now. He's regulated well on the immunosuppressants that he's on. And we are in the process of trying to wean him off of those very, very slowly. So that was really important to us because oftentimes when I actually find immune mediated thrombocytopenia, that disease where your immune system attacks their platelets, these dogs are flat out. Like they're just not doing well at all. And we're at the point where they are possibly already having internal bleeding, which as we know is very dangerous for them um, and really not doing well. So we were able to actually find it earlier in the disease and get them started on the appropriate meds. And that made a huge difference for him. So those are just two examples of some benefits of screening our dog's blood annually. There's so many more guys that I can't really go, (laughs) that I don't have the time to go into in this episode, but I hope that that gives you guys some insights as to things that we commonly will find, your veterinarian will commonly find on routine blood work on our dogs and why we recommend it so highly. So that is the end of this episode. If you guys enjoyed it or enjoy any of the podcast episodes, if you wouldn't mind leaving me a review, it would mean the world to me. So if you go to either Apple Podcasts and just type in a review, I would be so appreciative of that Um, or go to Google Play and do the same thing. And that's it, guys. I hope you all are having a wonderful day and I will see you guys next time. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet.
Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk, as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.